On Sky Sports Radio, time to review the weekend's racing with our stable of experts. He's pretty exciting, this guy. Streeting his rivals. Who impressed? Who didn't? Horses to follow. And have a look at the time. And your calls. Welcome to Punter's Postmortem. Really starting to go through his gears. Just continues to raise the bar. Good morning and welcome to Punters Postmortem on this Monday, the 29th of August. Dave Stanley with you along with our regular panel back for the spring, Ron Duffersey, Glenn Munsey, and a big warm welcome back to Dean Lester from our Melbourne studio as well. We're going to have the weekend covered off for you in the next little while here on Sky Sports Radio. Big thanks to the Big Sports Breakfast team this morning for their Monday and all of their interviews up on podcast as we speak. So if you've missed anything from this morning's show, you can jump online, the Sky Racing website or Spotify or Apple Podcasts, and you can be listening to those interviews this morning, either on the job site and Smoko, etc., whatever you might be up to, or if you're in the car traveling across this great state of ours. We want you to get involved with the program today 13 53 that's the open line number if you've got a question for Ron Duffersey, Dean Lester or Glenn Munsey we'll look at Sydney we'll look at Melbourne and we'll look elsewhere as well we'll try and find some winners for the week ahead we've got a couple of meetings in New South Wales today which we will preview after Punters Postmortem this morning we are of course up at Grafton today and we're also at Tamworth so we've got two meetings in New South Wales a couple of uh, horses going around at Tamworth May figure in Cosios calculations. We'll, uh, we'll talk about that throughout the morning. And Luke Pepper is my guest this morning at 11 o'clock, of course. We've seen Luke training down there in uh, in Canberra and the southern part of New South Wales. He now finds himself a scone and is ticking over nicely. And we'll chat to Luke about his career and life and what's ahead in our Monday's Experts at 11 o'clock. Let's get the scratchings, though, with Tanya before we rip in the punters post-mortem. Tanya, these two meetings today in New South Wales, how are you, mate? Yeah, well, thanks, Dave, and good morning, everyone. Yeah, Tamworth and Grafton today. We'll start with Tamworth. The weather is fine. The Track a good four. The rail is out five metres from the 900 to the 300. True the remainder and there are 15 scratchings. The first race today is at 125. Take out number three, Kadashi, number three. Race two, number nine, My Khaleesi, number nine. Race three is clear. From the fourth, take out two, Fields of Red, six, Pliskova, seven, Susie Boog, and the emergency 11, two, six, seven, and 11. Out of race five, number three, New World. Tapestry, 9, Come On and Love Me, and 10, Invincible Faith, 3, 9, and 10. From race 6, number 1, Ravalawa, 2, Divine Crescent, 3, Reacquaint, 8, Are You Certain, and The Emergency, 15, 1, 2, 3, 8, and 15. And race 7, number 8, Iron Hat, take out 8 from race 7 at Tamworth. Grafton, the weather is fine. The track a good four. The rail out three and a half metres from the 800 to the 400, two metres the remainder, and there are 26 scratchings. Race one at 105 is clear. Go to race two, take out number one, Milo Man, 10 Kings Gold, and then the emergencies 13, 14, 15. That's one, 10, 13, 14, and 15. Race three, number four, Jacket. And seven, Seething Seb, four and seven. From race four, number four, My Friend Diamond, five, Inari Fox, eight, All Profit, 12, Phase Angel, and 13, Inclusion, four, five, eight, 12, and 13. From race five, number one, Tidal Rush, three, Cosmo Kramer, 
five, Swing the Tide, seven miles ahead, 11, Byron Eyes and the Emergency, 15, one, three, five, seven, eleven, and 15. Out of race six, number four, So-and-So, and 11, Blue Tone, four and 11. And race seven, number two, Sinapari, 11, Feudalist, 12, Shopping Wise, 14, Resets Sun, 16, Seething Chuck and the Emergency, 17. 2, 11, 12, 14, 16 and 17. Dave, from race 7 at Grafton. Brilliant. And anything else that comes through for those meetings later today, we'll bring it uh, to you right here on Sky Sports Radio. So you don't want to go anywhere. We'll also join uh, or attempt to join the mounting yard for a few of those uh, races today here on Sky Sports Radio, thanks to the team at Sky Thoroughbred Central. Ron Duffersey is with us this morning on Punners Postmortem. Good to have you back, Duff, and a great day of racing there on the weekend at Rose Hill. Yeah, thank Things are really warming up there, Dave, and uh, obviously a couple of good races there on Saturday and in Melbourne as well. We're um, really looking forward to Dino being back this morning to talk about this great meeting they had there and very hard to line these horses up at this stage. We might need a few more weeks, um, especially with these three-year-olds. I'm really up in the air with these. Dean Lester, it is great to have you back on the program, mate. Um, our listeners have been hanging out for you to come back for the spring. You've been through some battles. You're a lot tougher than I am, um, and it's good to have your analysis. Welcome back. Thank you, Dave. It's really good to be back, and uh, looking forward to uh, all the action in spring, and Saturday certainly gave us a, a great entree to it, and uh, like Duff, uh, I'm no uh, wiser with the three-year-olds after Saturday. And Glenn Munsey joining us as well. Glenn, I've got to give you a wrap here, man. I know you didn't get the chocolates with the David Payne horse uh, you were tipping up, but uh, there's a lot of tipping shows out there, uh, both on television and radio. And one thing, when you come on the punters panel, you always will put them, so to speak, on the line. You gave it a good push, uh, the horse. And the horse I speak of, uh, you probably don't want to go over this again, but it was in that distance race where Waterford beat you on the outside. Uh, well, it wasn't distance race. It was 1,500. But did you have something each way, Glenn? Uh, good morning, Dave. Good morning, Ronnie. Good morning, Dean. You know me, Dave. Uh, it's all or nothing, and uh, I've already got the rounds of the kitchen, which was approximately 6 o'clock on Saturday night when I got home uh, for not having anything on at the place. Well, I tell you what, uh, when you tipped it, it was $61 in that... 81 uh, in that mu- 81 It was $81. 81. So, look, someone out there listening, I'm sure, followed you in and had a couple of bob each way, and that's the best thing about our game, that uh, someone out there has had a win. Let's start in Sydney, boys. I want to start... Uh, with a couple of the features. I might go to race eight first here, Duff, the up-and-coming stakes. Um, Caboo obviously got the job done. Were you surprised at how uh, it appeared watching on the television that they sort of really sort of stacked up there in the middle stages and Regan got away with a bit of murder? Uh, It was a typical uh, tactical ride from the stable. They do it often. Uh, It's a a great tactic they have when they teach their horses to race on the speed. And you go out hard, you bluff them out of the lead, you get your 300 metre rest and then you're off again and get the horses that are just a little bit soft first up but chasing a bit early and they, and they, and they puncture. It's as simple as that. It, was a, it looked a great tactic before the race and an even better tactic after the race. Uh, he's a nice horse. He's heading somewhere. Um, he was much better, obviously, at the 1300 metre uh, style of race. And he capitalised, so he's he's put his hand up. He's one to put his hand up. So we'll learn more about him next time. And I, I do think he has got more to offer. But as far as sorting the rest of them out, I don't know. This Golden Miles come from I don't know a Ballarat maiden or something, and did a really good job. 
Uh, Basquiat travelled beautifully and didn't finish off. He he got his wheel spinning when the leader sprinted. Um, Ringmaster sweated up and uh, will improve his yard yard watch next time. Charlatan um had. He's expected more. He wanted him to run past, you know, your your Basquiat's and that when he got out, but he didn't. And uh, the, obviously, the disappointment of the race was Conqueror being scratched, so we didn't we didn't get to have a look at him. So, uh, full marks to the winner. Uh, Gold Mile looks an improver. Jury's out on the rest, uh, and we can't wait to have another look at Conqueror. Mm. Dino, what did you make of the up and coming? And I guess. Uh Golden Mile, does that sort of, do you look back at maybe that Ballarat Maiden and go, right, well, there's a few in here that I really want to follow considering that run? Uh, yeah, although he was, he's a nice horse. He trolled up well uh, before all of uh, that performance and he ran uh, he ran very well on Saturday in the, you know, home in good sectional times. But uh, yeah, the, as uh, Duff said, the tactics were just spot on with Kabo using the weight advantage too and, and uh, he just uh, rolled along and he was he was solid, but uh, yeah, no, Golden Mile's a horse that uh, it was on the radar down here, and he he didn't uh, let anyone down Saturday. Munns, just from a betting perspective, did they find did they gravitate towards this winner? I know he SP'd what three eighty. I'm looking here on Riser, but uh, from, from a tab perspective, was he just continue? You know, was he well supported? Was he a bad result? Um, well, well, it was a sort of race, Dave. We said when. Um when we got to this race in the preview on Sky Thoroughbred Central, that it, it was it was uh, a race where they only wanted to be with one of the two picks. And that sort of held all the way through betting. Uh, Kabu came into favouritism uh, there uh, probably midway through the day, held favouritism over Conqueror, but not a massive advantage over Conqueror. So, and a lot of times, they, you know, they were 360 each or two, or they might have been 360, 370, or 350, 360. So there didn't become a big gap between the two. And, and I'm just worried we haven't learned a great deal out of the race with, with Conqueror not there because it looked a race where uh, there was three picks. Uh, two of the three picks have run well in being Cabo and Basquiat, uh, but with Conqueror not there, um, you know, we're, we're still, I don't think, any further advanced as, as to, especially him, because he didn't go round. That, that, that's, the, that's the point there, and I, I think the race was basically over when they got to the first turn. The San Domenico Stakes, Duff, sweet ride. Um, we've seen this before with these colours. The Vieira Stable, they pump a lot of money, or not stable, but owners, they pump a lot of money into racing. They've got horses all over the place. And you know what? Uh, great to see Chad Schofield get a big win. I spoke with Chad recently. Uh, he was up at uh, Coffs Harbour. We were getting the plane home together. And I said, mate, what are you riding tomorrow? He said, I can't get a ride. I went away for a holiday, and he said, it's just that ruthless in Sydney at the moment that if you go away for a period... You get put on the bottom of the pile again, and you've got to work hard and, and build back up, and that'll do him the world of good, mate. We know he's a world-class rider. Uh, yeah, we, we, we know that for sure. He's had his experience in Hong Kong where he was very successful, and his recent form is is very good when you look at the rides he's had and and uh, the percentages of winners he's had. But I did not see this win coming. This is usually a very strong race um, form-wise, um, coming into you know the spring, but um, I just did. He, he would have been the last horse I picked in the race, to tell you the truth. He's a little racy little fella. He looked a two-year-old. He did a good job as a two-year-old. Then he he was beaten first up, and I thought, yeah, okay, that, that might be the last we see of him at this level. Um, uh, but he found a good spot. He sprinted quickly, got the job done, and has left uh, me scratching my head. Uh, Nacino was good 
uh, held up for a stride, but uh, nothing wrong with the first up performance there. Sweet Exile's got to learn to execute a lot better. He's been over racing in his trials and again there on Saturday, but looks well. He's put on really good weight, that horse. And, well, if you want to run through them, Space Work did his thing. He did that loom up, duck out, and then run about again. And Best of Bordeaux it was slow out and didn't use his asset of uh, the speed he's used in all of his other runners as a two-year-old. The two I want to take from the race uh, got well beaten, and and that was one of Notches, who was uh, knocked down on the turn. He's a beautiful horse. I uh, really like him. Um, whether it's going, we're going to see it at all this spring or maybe next autumn, I think he's got something, and um, he is uh, one to follow for sure. I love them. I like these subpoenas, I tell you. Yeah. And, and uh, Prometo's the other one. He wasn't ready, but he's a, a lovely leggy type of horse who's going to uh, really come on from that run. So ask me what I like out of that race. It's not the sprinting types. It's, uh, well, it's Prometo and uh, Buenos Notches. Dino, what did you make of the San Domenico, mate? Yeah, it was a well, surprise result, but I liked the run of uh, Buenos Noches. Uh, when I first looked, at, I was hoping he'd have more of a stout pedigree, but who knows what the Cepedos might do. They seem to be a really potent uh, young breed, so uh, he was the one I wanted to take out of the race. He was home in nearly uh, what, some of the best late sectionals of the day after being knocked down. It was That was uh, such a terrific run, second best last 200 of the meeting. So, uh, yeah, he's the one I'd want to follow out of the race. And Spacewalk, yeah... It, if he got his act together, he's very talented, but uh, he just does too much wrong. And what about uh, Munns, your assessment of the San Domenico, mate? Uh, well, from a betting point of view, Dave, uh, the favourite was very, very solid there, best of Bordeaux, but uh, Saturday was the first day it had never led, and I think it was just uh, a, a situation where the poor thing didn't know what to do. Uh, every start it's had, it's been either in front easily or even in the slipper. It took a little bit of a while to get to the front in the slipper, but still led them to the first turn. Similar to its first trial at Ramwick this time in. Now, whether or not it was a plan to see what, what, what it would actually do if it... Um you know, sat off to speed, but uh, it did the, it did similar in its trial at, uh, that it did on Saturday when it couldn't get to the front. It sort of head went in the air and it didn't really know where it was. James McDonald, interesting comments from James after the race that he said he still thought the last fifty hundred metres was very good, considering it, it it was in a strange sort of situation where it was. Um, we actually spoke about the the winner Ronnie and I when they came into the yard because uh, the girl that was leading around was quite a tall girl, and I said to Ronnie, I said, is this thing very small or this girl's very tall and he said well you know it's not the biggest uh, horse in the world I'm talking about Sweet Ride the winner and I actually said to Gerald Ryan I said the same thing to Gerald Ryan he said oh I actually bought it as a yearling he said no it's not that small uh, it hasn't grown a great deal but it, it's not as small as what you think. You're getting a distorted view because the strapper was so tall. But, um, you know, it, it had improved. It was interesting to note that, you know, the, the two winners of the two three-year-old races both came out of the Rosebud, and there were two horses that were on speed in the Rosebud, but they weren't on the fence. Uh, but I must admit, I couldn't have found the winner. Um, you know, as Ronnie said, Buenos Notches was very, very good. Uh, jury out on Best of Bordeaux. You've got to give him the excuse for the fact, as I said, uh, he's never, ever been... Uh, anywhere but in front in a race in his life and he was just in a strange situation on Saturday. 
Let's go to Melbourne now. You're on Punters Postmortem with uh, Ron Doversy, Dean Lester and Glenn Munsey. Give us a call too, 13.53.53. The lines are open. So if you want to uh, ask the boys some questions about the races on the weekend, you can. I'll stick with the three-year-olds here, Dino, because I had um, Mick Ken Jr. on the program, Racing HQ, last week. And we went through uh, their horses, not only for the weekend, but just from a Sydney perspective, what was happening. And he said, look, our golden rose horse is uh, Jack and o, um, or Jack and A. And uh, it is, um, well, he certainly put his hand up for that race. He's now, what, $8 second pick. Yeah, and it was a, a, look, a terrific win. It was a beautiful ride by Damien Lane. And what I liked about his win on Saturday was he... Even though he was about four lengths off the lead in the run, he was a lot closer than he was in his runs previously. So that, you know, just getting that little bit of tactical speed helped him and got on the back of the, the uh, favourite aft cabin and then just peeled out on straightening and quickened down well. Uh, we've seen all of his Victorian form at Caulfield and he seems to really uh, excel there. And I think he'll run 1,400 of the Golden Rose. I don't know if he'll run a mile of the Guineas, but I think 1,400 will be fine. And he uh, he's probably you know, in the right year to have a go at the uh, Golden Rose, and I think he's going straight in. So I think one trial and then straight in. After Cabin, I don't. Other than if you backed him on Saturday, I don't think he lost anything in defeat. Uh, coming back to twelve hundred and ridden a fair bit closer than he had been uh, at Sandown, given that Sandown was a very slowly run race and he, he sprinted quickly. Uh, he'll be better for that. It's just whether he can get right through to the Guineas. He's now had three runs in his first racing preparation. He's probably got the Guineas prelude and then the Guineas to go. Uh, Tijuana's the horse I want to follow out of the race. Uh, I probably had him mapped inside midfield, but he just went uh, straight up uh, in the air at the start, probably missed the start, maybe two to three lengths, out of position, had to chase all the way and just kept finding the line. I thought his run was really good. We know that uh, that Anzac Day stakes every year throws up a nice horse and he won that uh, at Flemington and I think he's a, a bit of a guinea's horse, certainly at least a Bill Stutt stakes sort of horse on the way through, as is he's heaven that ran fourth. But there, I don't think there's anything outstanding at the moment. Half cabin probably deserves his favouritism in the guineas, but I think Tijuana's a horse that's really on the rise. Okay, all right. So uh, from a guineas perspective, from a Caulfield guineas, I'm just scrolling through here. If you do beat me, uh, Munns, here we go, Caulfield guineas. So he's $6 favourite, uh, that winner, uh, Jack and O for the Caulfield Guineas and uh, Tijuana $15 in that uh, Caulfield Guineas market $26 into $15 um, there's a couple of texts on the text line I'll come back to you here Duffer we haven't seen him yet we are going to see him soon but just with everything being a, a little bit no I'm not up in the air or just sort of no one really stamping their authority um, maybe is a Sajardin up here in Sydney going to be the the Sydney horse that we all sort of go wow okay he's the cult that's returned in, in, in a big way uh, well, he trialled this morning and won the first trial. Not that you could see much in the fog. <laughs> uh, so he, he's, uh, yeah, he could well be, but it's, 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 he's still going to come back and put his hand up. But the reports are very, very good. They, they say he's really matured. And I spoke to Ali, I think, to, who saw him at the trials or somewhere or saw him at the track and said he looks amazing. But, uh, look, I could go right down this page um, in this, this Golden Rose market and... And, um, you know, it's, and it's non-stop. It's non-stop. Yeah. There's just so much untapped stuff there that we don't know um, enough about. There's these lightly raced, you know, some of these things could come from a midweek race. Um, who knows? It's, it, 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 the Zoo Tiger, I thought, was good last Wednesday, but he, he's got to get his rating up. You've got 
different horses here, there and everywhere um, that um, it's a hard race to bet into as far as uh, pre-post market are concerned. Um, I must say, I, I, in saying that, I, I was very impressed with Jack and Owen Saturday. Um, I think he's in a good, uh, good stable. They're talking him up. I, I, like, I like listening to them. I like what I see. And uh, he's, 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 put, he's, he's one of only a few that have put their hand up so far. Let's take a quick break. It's 9.25 Sky Sports Radio on Punters Postmortem with Ron Doversy, Dean Lester and also Glenn Munsey. Give us a call right now if you want to get involved with the show. 13 53 You're listening to Sky Sports Radio and Punters Postmortem. You most certainly are. And Ron Doversy, Dean Lester and Glenn Munsey are your panel. So give us a call on 13 53. We've got a few callers I see coming through. Uh, we'll get to those callers in just a second. I just want to go back to Dino here and talk about uh, the feature there in Melbourne on the weekend. Of course, we touched on the three-year-olds as we were, but uh, what about uh, Snapdancer winning the Memsey, uh, Dino? Uh, Ethan Brown as well. Uh, good to see him getting a big race. Yeah, second group one on uh, Snapdancer, Dave, and uh, he... Uh has great faith in this mare. He just uh, he bangs it at the front and rated her beautifully and used her fitness, used used Caulfield to advantage, really skipped off the bend. And whilst he was going for home on Thunderstruck, was having to get around horses that were taking him nowhere and uh, his effort to get as close as he did, uh, best 600, 400 of the day. Uh, he, he was a terrific run in defeat. Cascadian, just that, you know, got a bit of a squeeze at the start, probably a pair or two too far back to win, but cut through the field. Blake Shin rode magnificently on Saturday. Another one mm. there to get through and run third. Dragon Leap was the surprise from New Zealand. Had a good run, but uh, he ran well. And Western Empire, the, the spruik on him was enormous going into the race. Uh, hence, he was you know, near enough to favourite. And he, uh, they took a chance and rode him very forward in the run. And I don't know if it necessarily suited him. He battled on OK to run fifth, but didn't show his turn of foot that he can, and they might ride him a bit quieter next time. But that'll probably be at Flemington in two weeks, which will suit. Alligator Blood had no luck. He just, uh, as Owen Thunderstruck made his run, he laid in onto Dragon Leap, Dragon Leap onto Alligator Blood, and Alligator Blood virtually just had to stop in his tracks and mark time. Uh, one of the Cup's favourites, Stewart. She was home very quick the last 200 metres uh, Third best last 200 of the race, 10th best of the day. So the last bit of her race was good. She was um, yeah, hitting the line nicely. We've got a first caller, guys. Mark's on the line. I think he wants to talk about that Ed Cummings mare, Jewess, from a New South Wales perspective. G'day, Mark. Yeah, g'day, Dave. Yeah, you stole me thunder, Dino. I thought she was, she was enormous. Caulfield yeah. Cup, Turnbull first, Dave. Yeah, I don't know which path they're going to take, but, uh, yeah, Caulfield, uh, you know, she won the... Kunji there last year and then backed up in the Corvette Cup, which didn't suit, but Saturday was a good hit out, really hit the line well, and after that little setback where she missed the wink stakes, she seems as though she's back on track for something a couple of runs down the track. I reckon she's come back as good as ever. That, I think the Turnbull, that's a great lead-up for the Corvette Cup, isn't it? There's a, I think the last couple have won that Corvette Cup winner, one or two. Yep, yep, absolutely. It's, it's a great lead-up race. Well, that's all I wanted to mention, and uh, just uh, Munn, well done, mate. You nearly pulled off a coup on Saturday. Didn't I hear you tip that thing at 150 to 1 on Friday? Yeah, I, I don't need reminding of it if you That's don't mind. longer. It's 200. some people took. Yeah. Uh, I've just got over Riadini the day it got beat at Ramwick, and, um, you know, and uh, 
you know, well, you, you, you have a throw at the stumps, and that's what I called it. Uh, I said, a, 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 you know, you've had a throw at the stumps, and I just thought it was a race where, you know, the, the, I didn't think there was many chances in it, and the horse was the, the wrong price. Well, it was the wrong price at 150 to 1, 200 to 1. It run $23, $26, got beat a wart, but didn't win. Are you surprised just... Um Dino on that Turnbull. I mean, look, there's obviously water to go under the bridge here, and we don't know the exact path of an animo. Uh, but he's still, or she's still six dollars, Jewess, in that Turnbull stakes on the back of that run. I suppose it's knowing what it, what her exact path is too, yeah. Dave. Uh, with the with the rich money and those wait for age races in Sydney, uh, if she goes back to Sydney or if she stays in Melbourne, I, I'm, uh, I'm I'm unaware of of what her path would take. I mean, she's got a beautiful program here if she wants to use it uh, through the Maccabi Diva and into the Turnbull and into the Caulfield Cup but uh, yeah that's uh, that's up, up in the air yeah, and the I other thing him. Dave sorry that all of those markets are pre-noms markets so yes. a lot of horses might seem short what they are at the moment but they're pre-noms markets so it's our opinion um, mm. if those you know and it's it's the price is if they're all turning up on the one day well they can't all turn up on the one day but you, you know you'll know a lot more and to, and aside from that, you had that horse in New Zealand on Saturday, Imperatriz, uh, who was marked, uh, wasn't even in the Golden Eagle market, and after the win in New Zealand, was marked as equal favourite for the Golden Eagle, once again in a pre-noms market. Well, um, the connection have come out this morning and said the Empire Rose is her grand final. She won't be coming to Sydney. Mm. But, you know, we'll know a lot more when all the noms are taken for these races. Could be, could be a matter... I wonder if they'll, she'll go George Main, Turnbull, Caulfield Cup. I wonder if that might be uh, a little plan for Jewess. Anyway, we'll wait and see. We might try and get Ed Cummings on the program this week. The one thing I will say, though, about these sort of programs now, and uh, it's, it is difficult sometimes when you get trainers on, you say, well, wh- where are you going here, there? Because there are so many options, and it's not like they're robots. Uh, things can happen with these horses, that we know, and weather plays a big part. So they sometimes don't like to commit uh, as as much as maybe they used to. Um, and we can try and get good information out of them, but... Yeah, just obviously with those uh, with those all-in markets, well, even though uh, Munn said they're pre-noms, just take care with them sometimes because uh, things can change, especially when Mother Nature doesn't play ball. Uh, we've got to Gary on the line. Good morning, Gary. Joey, mate. How are you going? Good, mate. What's your question? Um, I'm trying to find out um, if a horse exists in Western Australia. Like, um, I didn't have to have some sort of website I could sort of get onto to find out because the horse was has had one barrier trial. What's the name of the horse, mate? Uh, who by fire? Who by fire? So there's there's obviously is that a cycle one word, riser? or is it three words, or is it? Not a hundred percent sure on that. It is. It's, it's a, a four year old gelding oh, trained by Megan Mig- Midgley. Uh, Midgley, and it ran second last in a trial, beaten fourteen point nine. Why are you following <laughs> who who by fire? What's happening here, Gary? <laughs> oh, it's um, apparently. Uh, a share was sold to my son right, um, by somebody over that way who I think another trainer had it before that. Okay. Uh, Rod- I'm not sure. Oh, Bri- uh, yes, Bri- Brian, Brian Rogers. Rogers. Brian, yeah. Brian Rogers. Yeah. I-, I finally found it. I had to work out how many tractors there were before I could get on. So Yeah, well, he um, sold a share to my son and he's sort of gone off the map and uh, I didn't know whether my son was nutted or, you know, because there was no wasn't done through email, you know, but they send you emails from trainers and things like that. It was just a couple of horses over there. My son was buying into shares in them. And, okay. Um, this one, he's gone off the map and can't get hold of him, and I didn't know whether 
the horse actually existed or not. Well, I would be contacting Racing WA. I'd get yeah. in on the phone to them, mate. Yeah, that's what I, I was. First of all, I wanted to find out if it was an actual horse. <laughs> it certainly is. No, it does exist. <laughs> it's, it's alive. It's active. It's alive. It's active. <laughs> you know what's going to happen too. This doesn't this could look be real next, fast. Well, this could be the next takeover target. This, you know, <laughs> and, and we've heard it here first. Who by fire? Uh, but that's what I'd be doing, mate. Get on to racing uh, WA and mm. and suss it out. So. It, he might need the Will Clarkin type of information for us. <laughs> you know what? How refreshing was that yesterday? Um, Fantastic. I, uh, for those that haven't heard uh, that audio, I'm sure it'll be floating around somewhere. I don't know if it's up on social media, but basically Will Clarkin sort of saying, listen, the horse had none in a race at Moa yesterday, and if you want to train from the sideline, there's plenty of ways you can sell your share. I think, uh, yeah, I think that, uh, that, that sort of stuff's good. Very, very good. Uh, we've got another uh, caller on the line. That just went off my screen, Nick. Who's uh, joining us? Steve. G'day, Steve. Yeah, g'day, boys. How are you? Good, mate. What's your question? I've uh, just got a couple for Dean, but first off, I just want to say, uh, put on your mum so close to tipping that 300 to 1 winner. <laughs> oh, I, I had to sit next to him after it. I feel like it was a hard, long day. It was a long day. Oh, he'd be, he'd be howling. <laughs> oh. hey, uh, just a couple for you, Zeno. Um, Yonce, where's where's she at? Um, and if I can, do you think Tijuana might be better off going uh, down the to the Coolmore, considering he's seen seen Flemington a bit better on the short course? Yeah, I think it'd be, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he went more guineas and, and even sort of a Vars or a yeah, longer course. Uh, I, I don't think he don't think he'd be sharp enough for a Coolmore, but he's a nice, a very nice horse. But that would be a bit. I think it would only be a setback in his preparation would cause him to go that way. So uh, now I'm not uh, not sure there. And with regard to Yonsei, I'm just trying to get the list up of jump outs for Cranbourne this morning because she must be, uh, I heard her mentioned in dispatches by the stable. So I would think she's not that far away from having a having a trial. She's not, uh, I can't say her listed for today, but uh, she mustn't be far away. Do you think she'd be going Empire Rose? I would say so, yeah, uh, at this stage. I would think so. Uh, but, uh, yeah, um, I think they're leaving a few options open. I think she's might even be in the Caulfield Cup, but I think, uh, yeah, probably the Empire Rose is the way she'd probably go. All right, thanks, boys. Have a good day. Cheers, mate. Thanks for your call there uh, for the questions from Steve. Lots of text on the text line. I'll jump back to the Memsey here because elation, obviously, was a big uh, disappointment. I saw uh, Mick Kent Jr. yesterday on uh, what racing.com having a chat on their review show uh, about the horse um, and that maybe some... Was there a breathing issue or something, Dino, that they're looking at possibly putting, you know, tongue ties, crossover nose bands on him? We know he's got all the ability in the world and hopefully we're still going to see him in Sydney for a Golden Eagle. Well, yeah, he's an interesting one. He ran... He won those three races. He drew inside every time and uh, he ran... Absolutely brilliant sectionals from getting that cheap run. Saturday, he was in a more of a proper race and didn't get things go his way. And uh, Yeah, I think the Jamie Carr reported he made really bad noises respiratory-wise in the run. And If you watch the head-on, his action was really bad in the straight too. So I think uh, they, you know, they've been over him and they're going with one of those dynamic scopes where they tie the, the scope down into the throat and exercise him and see what's going on at, at a gallop. So uh, I think that'll be conducted later in the week. But certainly the plan on Saturday was to run a place, get his rating up high enough to get him in a race like the Rupert Clark. Well, I think that'd be borderline now. Uh, well, it'd be nearly off the table. 
uh, and uh, we'll see where he fits in later on. But, uh, yeah, there's still a long way to go to the Golden Eagle, but uh, that wasn't the start he wanted to the preparation. We've got another caller on the line, guys. Uh, punters post-mortem, 13.53.53. If you've got a question for our panel, get involved. We've got Matthew on the line. Good morning, Matt. Uh, good morning, fellas. How are you? Good, mate. What's happening? Um, I'm just wondering, uh, do you know what happened in the last race at Eagle Farm on Sunday, um, Saturday? Yeah, the judge put the wrong numbers up, and stewards yeah, overturned the judge's numbers. Whose fault was it? Whose fault was it that all happened? Well, that, that, well, by all reports that were filtering out of Eagle Farm, the judge put the numbers up and the stewards uh, reverted, changed the numbers. So, well, the judge puts the numbers up and I must admit, I looked at the, when they hit the line and I thought the horse on the outside won um, and then, you, you know, you're doing other things so you're, you're not really concentrating what's going on and, and the fact that we leave Eagle Farm... Um, well, I shouldn't say we leave Eagle Farm because we interviewed uh, the trainer of the horse that was on the outside. So there was information that was given to, to Nathan Exelby, who's on track, uh, that the the horse on the outside had won. I'm just scrambling for it at the moment because I've got the Eagle Farm fields here in front of me. It was um, number seven, I think you'll find. Yeah, Pentito uh, was on the outside and Mob Buster was on the inside. And there was a lot of noise and commotion. He said, oh, geez, you know, there's a lot of owners here because there's a 1,000 in the ownership of Pentito. And uh, he said, there's a lot of excited owners here. And they interviewed Jamie Edwards, who was the trainer. And, you know, your, your mind sort of goes elsewhere. And then uh, we got a a message down the line from our producer that, 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 in fact, the numbers were wrong and they were posted seven beating three and the stewards reversed it for three to beat seven. That was a funny thing. I got the money for I had 50 on a 400 odd bucks, put me a cab, and then I got it taken back out. It was a bit so, yeah. There's the rules, I suppose. Found another way of doing back in a loser. Mm. Yeah, that's just, I, can you ever remember that happening before? I don't think I can been bent nearly 40 years. I can't even remember that happening, I don't think. Um, yeah, there have been the num- wrong numbers put up. There's been situations where correct weight hasn't been declared and connections or the rider or whatever of, of the horse that's been declared second across the line have gone and viewed or asked to view the photo in those situations. Um, so, and, and in this day and age, a lot, of pe- a lot of places are paying out prior to correct weight. Yeah, they're, they're paying out. You know, they they call it first actually, past the post. It's actually dangerous. I got a mate who uh, was uh, a similar situation was uh, was betting, paid out, and uh, just he was following a shorty. I think when when Brass or one of them were tipping on on Sky, decided to pretty much put the whole pot on, had a collect, and then it was all taken away because of uh, the original mistake. So yeah, just be. Um, yeah, I mean, do you like that um, months that paying out before everything's official? I mean, I know it's quick and you want that reinvestment, and that's why they do it. But it is dangerous, especially when you're um, not watching as intently as we are. Oh well, that, that's the thing, Dave. Um, in this day and age, everyone wants to do different things that weren't de rigueur twenty years ago. And it's all about speed. It's the reinvestment. It's to get you there. There's an, that's another feature. Why, this, why you bet with us is we're paying you first past the post. We're protest payout, this and that. It's all about uh, that little bit of add-on that you're getting by being a customer of a particular organisation. Mm. Thanks for your call, mate. Uh, Steve on the line. Now, I um, uh, want to bring your attention back to Sydney here, Duff, because there's been some um, some texts to come through on Shades of Rose. 
your thoughts there? And she takes another little tiny leap there on the weekend. Um, I took. I thought she took a big leap. Um, I sort of been impressed with her, without being as impressed as others, because she'd been gifted a few races where she's just been uncontested, and I and I love to see these promising horses, you know, with a string of wins together at, at 1,011 across the 1,200-metre box, and she did it with flying colours. Um, I thought it was the best performance uh, by far, and, uh, yeah, I, I, I couldn't be anything but very, very impressed with her. She's um, she's had a few runs now, but you wouldn't think so looking at her. She's thriving with racing, and uh, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm interested to see what their next step is because she is stakes class for sure. What did you make of the performance, Munns? Uh, very, very good, Dave. Uh, she's, she, I think she's added a, a string to a bow by the fact she doesn't have to lead. And I think the better the tracks for her, the better she goes. Uh, I've always held the opinion that I don't think she's a heavy track horse because I think it nullifies her speed. And James has now ridden her twice, uh, three times, and twice he's actually let others go, and they've probably been her better wins. Like the other day, she dictated the race to suit herself. Well, she's any good, she's going to beat them. But the day that she beat Sneaky Page, he, he had an inside alley and just camped straight on the speed, and, and she showed a dash, and she did exactly the same on Saturday. But I think the firmer the track's for her, the better she'll go. All right. Uh, what about the performance... Of I Wish I Win. This was very impressive, Dino. Back down in Melbourne. This is a Peter Moody, Jamie Carr horse. They had success later in the day as well. But uh, this Savabil gilding absolutely let down with a blistering turn of foot. Yeah, it was the best run of the day, Dave. Uh, it was absolutely outstanding the way uh, he quickened down. Uh, admittedly, off a good speed, Buffalo River always provides that, and they strung out, and he was uh, just settled back there, but uh, uh, he quickened down like a, a really good horse. The... Uh, the market knew that he was going to do that. Uh, he Ooh. was just backed as if unbeatable, and he was. And uh, I'm surprised he's not favourite now for the Rupert Clark Stakes. Uh, I think he's just the perfect horse sitting off a fast speed, proven around Caulfield now, and he'll get in on a very light weight, probably you know on the minimum, and it'd be a 52 minimum probably. Uh, gee, I think he'd take a power of beating at this stage. Mm. And, of course, he, he brings that form, guys, out of New Zealand, and we saw that horse win on the mm. weekend at uh, Ruakaka. I speak of um, Imperatriz. Uh, this is the I'm Invincible Mare who's, what, had 11 starts for eight wins, uh, was with Jamie Richards. Uh, obviously, he's now in Hong Kong, but it's a Tiakau horse. So uh, I must admit we might have to get on the phone to the team in Tiakau to see. Uh, I think this mare's coming over to Australia for some targets. And Yeah, as yeah. I said before, Dave, the Empire roses her... Her, yeah. her main target in Australia, and I think she's eligible for a $1 million bonus uh, yeah, she wins the Empire Rose. She's uh, eligible for the Golden Eagle as well, but they've crossed that off this morning. They said, no, nah, uh, one target is the Empire Rose, and uh, just looking at that form through that horse, and even uh, the horse that run in the Memsey come out of that form as well, the, the Kiwi that had run well, Dragon Leap. Mm. Um, so that looks... Uh, we, we tend to disregard the Kiwi form these days, but you're certainly going to take up, uh, take notice of her performances, that's for sure, and Perrot Trees. And what about the Queenslanders, boys? Um, it's maybe in a similar boat to the Kiwis. We haven't sort of always thought that, or in, in past seasons, a couple of past seasons, that they would be able to match it. Not saying that shooting for gold is matching it with the best in Melbourne, but the, uh, the O'Day Hoisted team, they've taken... 
couple of horses south. They're placing them well. We saw in the tail run very well for Tony Gollan here in Sydney. So what did you make of shooting for Golden? Frosty Lane was on fire on the weekend. Dino. Yeah, shooting, yeah, shooting for Gold was uh, terrific. Yeah. I think at Flemington, he just didn't get covered down the straight and the track was a lot softer. I think the improving track and there, again, another one that there was market support for on the day and I think it was because the track had been upgraded. Uh, got a good run through. Uh, Generation was brave. He rode the speed. I think uh, had uh, Red Can Man, for some reason, just wanted to keep kicking up. I think if he'd taken a sit, one, he'd have probably run a place and two, might have helped generations cause, but uh, ultimately, uh, yeah, that that created the pressure and uh, and shooting for gold uh, got through and did a good job to win. As you said, the stable have brought a little team down, but they're going very nicely. Very much so. We've got plenty of callers on the line. Thirteen fifty three fifty three. Nick, who's our next caller, mate? Sean. G'day, Sean. Morning, guys. How are we today? Good, mate. What's your question? Well, a question for Dino. I've got two horses. Uh, what do we do now with um, no effort? Because I'm not sure what we do because it's just cost me a bomb again on the weekend. I, I got sucked in again, but that, that's how it goes. And I'm thunderstruck. Now, it's a huge run on the weekend. We'll have four runs across the plate or maybe four runs into, into something else. Uh, yeah, he's going to the Cox Plate. So he's going yep. Maccabi Diva, uh, Underwood, Might and Power of the old Caulfield Stakes and the Cox Plate. So he's got two-week breaks into every run from here on in. Yep. And no effort. Well, I don't... No, she'll do much more racing. Eight-year-old mare, and that was what she was aimed at. And on Saturday, she got absolutely attacked by Charlie Rose, and Charlie Rose was gone 600 out. So it was sort of, it was not really no effort's fault uh, there. They, they they just went way too hard, and it ended up, we saw Emissary win it and beat Shiraz, two really good stayers that, uh, you know, at 1,700 might have been too short, but they just went so hard that, uh, you know, the... It became a, a race for the stayers. So I'd be forgiving and no effort, but I don't think you'll see her much more anyway. No worries. And one for you, Darth. Yes, mate. Um, Montefilia. When, when we might see her again? Uh, I think next week. Saturday. Um, yep. Yeah. Yep. See her on Saturday. So she, she resumes it. Yep, the Chelmsford first up. Right. What, what's her main target? Maybe a Melbourne Cup or that sort of, that sort of trail, maybe? Uh, Caulfield Melbourne Cup, yeah. Caulfield Melbourne Cup? Yep. Right, yeah. There we go. All right, thanks, guys. Thanks, Sean. Uh, let's go to Jeff now on the line. Uh, and g'day, Jeff. Yeah, g'day, Dave. How you going? Yeah, a good. Question for Dino, my favourite jockey in Melbourne is Billy Egan. He had a fall on Friday and forfeited a good book of rides. Can we get an update on how Billy is? Yeah, Billy. Uh, the first thought was that he may have fractured an arm and a leg, but uh, the scans and X-rays revealed not the case. But Saturday morning, he was he had surgery. Because he was complaining of bad pain in a in the shoulder, and they did a surgery to relieve uh, a nerve pain. Uh, so unknown at this stage how long he'd be out, because it's uh, often a bit tricky with sort of nerve damage. But uh, that's uh, that was uh, the case there. So it was a, a nasty nasty fall, and uh, yeah, Billy, uh, yeah, well, he missed the first winner straight away on Saturday, and it's a shame because he's built up a. Really good uh, string of contacts over the winter and looked as though he's about to launch into spring. Uh, interesting comment. Uh, sorry, go on. He could be out for a couple of weeks still. Oh, he'd be out for a while, I think. Yeah. 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 Sometimes those, if you stretch those They're nerves, the worst. it's worse than a break. Yeah. Yeah, I've had that before and, geez, that can set you back. Mm. Thanks, Jeff, for your call. Jeff from Billy Egan. Let's go to Pat now. G'day, Pat. Good morning, gentlemen. How are we? Good, mate. It's all good. 
Just in, um, did you happen to see the barrier trial of Shelby 66 after the last in Canberra on Wednesday, on Friday? I, we did, yes. Uh, it was We were racing HQ. was chatting with Danny that morning. That was on the Thursday. We're at the Goulburn Soldiers, and Danny was off to the uh, the awards night. Uh, great to see him um, pick up uh, the media personality of uh, the year award, Danny. And um, what did you make of the trial? Well, what did you think of King Gutha? Well, it was well, outstanding. Best of luck getting on it at Queanbeyan when it's in. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, next Monday, I happen to have a share with Joe Cleary. I mean, having horses with Joe Cleary is one of the best experiences you can have. How much has he paid I you? I can imagine. This? Hang on. Uh, yeah. How much has he paid you <laughs> yes, for this? Sir. Come on. Uh, two boxes of beer, that's all. That's what he gave me. But, no, really, I've had a lot of fun. I had Lucy Rose, uh, Kiss My Swiss. Unfortunately, Bart, who was a very promising stayer, dropped dead during a race down mm. there and he had already won a few cups and he was by so you think and, you know so had a lot of ups and downs with joe but more ups than downs you know well what are you doing on um thursday morning patty you live in queen bn no we, i live in sydney no no oh, well. i'd love to see him win by 10 and get chosen for the Osco because ever since the operation and the tie back he's a different horse well, on Thursday morning, we'll be live from the Walsh's down there at Queen BN. There was some confusion that we were going to be uh, not there. We were going to be at um, a different hotel. But we are, I can tell you for a fact, we're at the uh, Walsh's, um, Walsh's Hotel. I'm going to be there with Laurie Daly on uh, Thursday morning. The Big Sports Breakfast will be doing a bit of a cross there. And then we'll have a special show for the, uh, the Kosciuszko. We'll no doubt chat. With Joe, I'm going to try and get the old man on as well, Frank, and we're going to have some fun on Thursday morning. And no doubt I'm, I'm tipping King Gutho will be featuring heavily uh, in that discussion. So thanks is for your call, the, Pam. These, these, these are pubs you're going to, uh, yeah. Dave, and do they have to sort of put a tender in or is it the highest bidder? Or that, uh... No, so basically the, the reason why, and good question, Duff, because we've had a few people sort of say, why aren't you going here, there and everywhere? We wanted to go to locations we hadn't been to before, and I know then or people will say, well, hang on, you're already, you, you go to Wagga all the time. Well, the reason we were in Wagga was actually because of the promotion that was on Saturday, which I appeared on Channel 7, and we were promoting the, the punters club. So that's why we went to Wagga. But, like, we went to Mwollombar. Um The reason being, obviously, we had far too easy up there. And Sky Sports Radio had never done a live broadcast in Mwollombar. Um Queen Bean, it's been something like six or seven years since we've been there. Nara, we haven't been there for a couple of years' time, and they had some awful luck Nara with the club and that track and whatnot. And um, Obviously, Jindabyne is a tab promotion as well. Now, just because we're going to those, and I want to make this very clear, just because we're going to those towns doesn't mean I'm not going to forget the blokes in Scone, Cav, obviously, with It's Me, uh, Kamado Hunt for, for Crockett, all the, the horses in Port Macquarie that uh, I saw the guys tweeting about. We're going to really focus on as many horses as possible. And if we are forgetting a horse out there and you're feeling like we're leaving you behind, please just get in contact. Whether it's on the Twitter, send me a message, or just ring the station. More than happy to have people on to talk about their horses. Obviously, they've got to be a, you know a, a chance. If you're getting beaten by... 400 lengths, well, maybe not, but if you uh, if you genuinely believe you've got a Kosciuszko horse and you should be selected, we want to hear from you. I don't want to just be talking to the same people because that's not fair and that's what the race is about. So, yeah, to answer your question, Duff, it's, uh, those venues have been selected with TAB, but we had some input as well because um, otherwise we just wouldn't end up going to the same joints, if you know what I mean. Have you got an update, Dave, on who the leading uh, agency is? I haven't. Uh, I, yeah, because I, I know. I know this for a fact. There was an agency, uh, a venue. I'll, I won't say agency or pub. A venue 
where there was a, a purchase last week made of $40,000 worth of Kosciuszko tickets. Wow. Okay. I'll find that out. Uh, I haven't got that email through yet from the guys from retail about that, but I do know that on Saturday afternoon, there was around forty to 50,000 tickets uh, sold uh, more than last year because obviously they're tracking you know what they're doing last what they last year but they had been you know they're, they're above ticket sales as they should be when you you consider that it's now two million dollars to get involved with the race um, and already too um, I mean I've got to try and get on to Jeff Jaraya too and find out uh, front page and the plans for front page and we'll do that in the next couple of weeks but I'm hearing whispers and I love a good uh, racing whisper that already the likes of J Mac Blake Shin uh, and even Craig Williams, three names there, and this is just racing rumour, have all approached the Jiraiya stable to try and ride the horse in the Kosciuszko. So um, we're probably going to see that over the next couple of weeks, aren't we, where jockeys, managers are trying to, to put their name or hats in the ring for various uh, for various rides. Um, Ash is on the line. Morning, Ash. Morning, Jeff. How are we? Very good, mate. What's your question? Oh, look, I'll... Um... One little statement there that uh, New South Wales does come down further than Wagga, but um, you know, Coral and uh, Aubrey Wodonga and um, Donna Scott's down here. I've never heard her on your radio station. Well, you haven't listened hard enough, Ash. Come on, mate. You, uh, you yeah, obviously yeah, haven't listened hard enough, mate. Oh, well, fair enough, man. I'm happy to put my foot in your mouth quite regularly, so I'm happy to apologise. But uh, I just uh, in and out of the truck, so I'm always listening, though. But, um, my boys, my question is, is uh, and probably a future question for this weekend, but um, I'm coming last in the punters club that I've run, which is not good because I'm getting pit pull uh, out of me. Um, you got any tips for this weekend that I can get on at nice odds, just nice and early? Uh, it's a bit early for me without even seeing the noms. Um, I'll oh, pass come on, on Ronnie. That one. <laughs> come it's on, your job. Come on. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, it is. It's a bit early there, Ash. Uh, maybe if you Wednesday, it'll be different. Listening and listening out, boys, and I appreciate it. And uh, good to see you. It's always good listening. Thank you, Ash. Thanks for your call, mate. And uh, yeah, we've had. Don't worry, we've had Donna plenty on uh, over the course of when we've had this Kosciuszko, and I'll look forward to chatting with Mitch, Mitch Beer as well from Albury. So that's the thing, mate. To be honest, I wish I could go everywhere. Um, so yeah, that would be silly going into work every day, wouldn't it? Yeah, one hundred percent. Why would you want? To, hey, mate. Why would you want to go over there? Yeah. Honestly, why would you want to go over there? Just, just get out in the road. But hey, and and Dave, you could you can go. You know what? You inverted commas work of a Saturday and get fed in two places on the one day. Yeah, well, there was a bit of trickery there. I didn't knock off two Parmigianas. Oh yeah, challenge. No, I didn't. I didn't knock them both off. I just had a couple of bites of both. But uh, that's right. But but honestly, gents. Um, and it is something that I'm hoping that we can work on as a as a business. You'd, I don't think the people realise uh, sometimes at our work how um, I mean that that's our front door. That's our that's our front of shop, uh, and they all want to talk about you guys. They want to talk about yourself, Duff, Dino, Muns, uh, what they're like, what are they tipping, and I think the more we can as a business get into pubs and clubs and. And agencies, um, the better. So, I think um, I think it's really, really important. Boys, we need some horses to follow. Uh, what are we going to follow out of this meeting, Duff? Um, I'm going to. I think there's a little bit of money for in the midway for Herb, a lightly race tour. So I thought he hit the line well late. I think the, he's a surefire midway winner in the making, and I'm I'm going to stick with the. Um, I think the improvement that is going to come with Prometo and Wanasnotchi. 
Okay, perfect. Uh, Dino, your horses to follow? Uh, well, I'm going to keep following. I wish I win uh, from Saturday. He'll just. I think. Uh, I think he can win either the Rupert Clark or the Turak uh, Tijuana. I mentioned and Star Patrol was beaten in the sprint uh, shooting for Gold's race. He's a much better horse down the straight. He got the wanders about a bit at Caulfield Saturday, as he did when he raced around a turn at Pakenham. He's three straight track runs. He's raced very truly. I think the Bobby Lewis in two weeks. Uh, if our man uh, in the truck wanted a long-range bet, that's what I'd be backing uh, when when those noms come out next week. Uh, Star and, Patrol and the Bobby Lewis. And I've got to ask you too, Dino, uh, in the boat, were you happy with uh, the weekend? Very. Uh, that's about yeah. where he's at. Uh, it was more the, the you know, we're, we're sort of trying to get the best track uh, to get a run into him. And uh, looking at the weather here, there's a lot of rain coming in the next couple of days. So we wondered if the valley was going to be wet next Saturday and it was 1,000 metres. So happy to have got that run out of the way. He'll run in three weeks at Caulfield and then he'll run in the Scalacci into the Manicato. So no, it was a, it was a good kickoff. He, he blew out with about 200 to go, but uh, he'll be better for that day at the races. Okay, fantastic. All right, that's in the boat. Of course, a share uh, owned by our very own Dean Lester. And Glenn, what are your horses to follow? Uh, we're looking for the, the, the minor races, Dave, all the time. I spotted one in a midweek maiden on the Kenzo track on Wednesday. A Godolphin runner by the name of Silvanito, a shooting to win cult there, having its first run back from a spell. I thought found the line very, very nicely there. It'll be winning a maiden or a midweek event pretty surely. And out of the midway, I'm going to another runner there, Loving Silla. This is a mare trained by Joe Ibel at Kembla, a lightly raced reliable man mare. She returned from a spell on Saturday. She's got good first up form, but she hadn't had any rain-affected track form, although the track was upgraded, uh, I think, just before or just after this race here. This, that was her best run on a rain-affected track of any sort. Uh, she's only had 12 starts, and she gets over a little bit of a trip, and she'd had a couple of trials going into Saturday. Found the line very, very nicely there, so looking for a drier track for her. Fantastic. We've got one more caller on the line, guys, before we wrap it up. John's there. G'day, John. Hi, boys. How are you going? Good, mate. You've got a question for our panel. I just got one for Muzzy. Is back in nineteen eighty-six, I think it was roughly. It was a midweek race. Uh, Mooney Valley, I'm nearly positive was, and a horse was beaten by uh, at least a length and three quarters. There was a gap in the middle, and uh, uh, the steward put the wrong number up. He put the uh, second horse up to win, and the the, the First horse to run second. Anyway, even the commentators said, I was only listening on radio, the commentators said, oh, this is going to be switched around. It's all up the putt and all that. Anyway, 20 minutes later, the um, the trainer of the horse has gone up. I can't remember who they were. Gone up to, the, to, to view the photo. And what had happened, the photo had blown out the window. <laughs> so it finished up. The end result was correct weight because uh, it had to go on the judge's decision. Glenn will remember the, that. The midweeks at Mooney Valley in 86, yes. if you remember I that day well. Like yeah. I, I think Glenn. it might have been race six. Um, <laughs> Ray was yeah. out that day. And they yeah. also they Mad also lost the, they lost the replay as well. You should have seen, yeah. hey, but Duff, you should have seen that horse from the back, the, the last, oh. the sectionals yeah. that was running, mate. Yeah. Yeah. I actually oh. clocked it off the video. Um, <laughs> 
that you know because they didn't have the the sky on that day you know the, but um, j- just quickly to that situation in Brisbane the stewards report states prior to the declaration of correct weight stewards reviewed the official photo finish and after consultation with the race day judges the placings were amended to 371 and 5 after they were posted as 731 and 5 so that's the reason there and we talk about people asking about you know what horses are doing social media is a wonderful thing and somebody has asked Dominic Byrne yes. Uh, yes. a question this morning regarding uh, the Godolphin runner that we were speaking about earlier Golden Mile and Dom very very upfront and everything like that he's a great man Dom your question highlights the reason why James Cummings is reticent to inform in inverted commas, public of future plans. He doesn't want to mislead you by guessing at this stage. Next start, undoubtedly, the Ming Dynasty. From there on, the possible pathways include all the Group 1 three-year-old open gender races. And the reason a lot of people are asking where these horses are going and what their plans are is we're betting on all of these races now. In the past, we weren't betting on all of these races. You can only bet futures on Group 1 events uh, after the nominations have been taken. Now we're putting pre-noms up on every feature race on the calendar, and uh, there seems to be a lot more feature races. They're not necessarily group races, but they're feature races now worth big money, and, and we're just putting markets up on them, you know, sometimes three, four months out. Boys, thanks for being a part of the show today. We'll catch you next Monday. Dino, great to have you back, mate. Uh, and, uh, look, there's already been some texts here. You know, great to have Dino back. Um, obviously, you went through a bit of a tough battle there, mate, uh, and we really appreciate you the big spring ahead, all right? Yeah, good to be back, Dave. Thank you. All right. And, Duff, we'll see you during the week, mate, uh, on Sky Thoroughbred Central. See you, guys. All right. And, Munns, we'll catch you on the punters panel and, and throughout the week as well on, on STC. That has been... Uh, Punters post mortem on this Monday.